0: This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Echoes of Christmas. I have to confess that when Pastor Davis told me that that is what he entitled the program, I was curious. What is an echo of Christmas? Well, we know what an echo is. In fact, he reminded us of a definition earlier. It's the repetition of a sound caused when sound waves reflect off of a surface. Uh, We all know what an echo is. Uh, Some of us have been to places like Echo Canyon where you get to stand there and, and speak and listen to your sound as it carries on those sound waves. What you hear in an echo is exactly what the original sound was. Only the sound diminishes as it gets farther away. Now, this is what we expect. We would be surprised if we stood in a canyon and we shouted, Hello! And we heard, Hello, 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 please leave. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, say, Wait, a minute, that, that's not supposed to work that way. Uh, who else is out there, right? We would be suspicious because we know what an echo does. But this brings us to a second definition of an echo it's what the musicians and the readers presented in our hearing. An echo can also mean the close imitation or repeating of another's words, ideas, or acts. Have you ever thought about the fact that every Christmas season you echo the message of Christmas if you know the Lord? If you think back to the Christmas programs that you have heard, and I I look back and I smile, I think I was at one time one of those little shepherds, all right? Hopefully I didn't distract from whatever else was going on. But but we were there to echo the message of Christmas. Now, whereas a sound echo is an acoustical phenomenon, it's God's handiwork, what has echoed uh, today in the Christmas story is far greater. It's the miraculous, eternal plan of God to save his people from their That's what the angel told Joseph in Matthew chapter 1. Now, without getting technical, let's take a brief look at the echoes that we've heard today in this presentation. Can we do that? Galatians 4, 4, and 5 give us the perfect overview, I think, of the echoes of Christmas. Listen to what it says. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that are under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. That's a great overview. You do realize that the message of Christmas didn't stop in Bethlehem. That was just the beginning of God's masterful plan. Now, what does this passage, this overview in Galatians, what does it teach us? Well, it teaches us this. And it reminds us, every echo has a source, right? It does. The source of the Christmas echoes repeated in the program you've just seen is none other than the God of heaven. Again, Galatians tells us God sent forth his son. Now, when did God first declare to our race that he would rescue us from sin? Well, we were reminded back in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. That's 6,000 years ago, if you believe the Bible. This reminds us of something else. These echoes had a source, but also these echoes and every echo is repeated. And we know the sound waves that carry the echo diminish and then stop. Did you know that the world record for the longest echo is 112 seconds? That's amazing. How, how did they do that? Well, some scientists got in an old fuel storage container buried in rock in the Scottish Highlands. And uh, it's empty. They went down there. They took a pistol and they fired a blank. They were, doing, uh, they were studying echoes. And the sound bounced around in that old fuel storage tank for 112 seconds. Amazing. But again, every echo eventually dies out. But the echoes of Christmas that started with the divine pronouncement 6,000 years ago and then repeated by God to Abraham, David, numerous prophets Micah was quoted in the presentation. But the echoes were the same, but they kept getting stronger. They kept getting clearer. In fact, that is the record of Scripture, echoing God's plan of salvation for you and for me. And so Galatians 4.4 4 says, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. What does the fullness of time mean? The completion of the preceding times. Over time, God has echoed his plan. Ten specific Old Testament passages predicted Jesus' coming and birth. And then when you get to, pro- to Daniel's prophecy, Daniel chapter 9 actually establishes a timetable. Messiah would come. The Lord shared with Daniel that Messiah would be cut off. What's that referring to? It's referring to his crucifixion. And there's actually a schedule. There's a time frame that is listed for us there. And just so no one missed it. Angels pronounced Christ coming to Mary, Joseph, the shepherds. And then God put a, scar, a star in the sky to guide wise men right to Bethlehem. Two years later, by the way, who were these wise men? Well, these wise men went back generations to ancient Babylon. They were the magi. They were kingmakers. And, oh, by the way, they had as their teacher and their leader a captive Jewish prince. You've heard of him. His name's Daniel. They watched generations before as Daniel was delivered by his God, even from a den of lions. And Daniel taught these wise men the prophecy. They were stargazers. They also had believed the message of Daniel. And so that many years later, when they believe the prophecy is going to come forth, they're out watching the stars, and there's a new one. And it starts to move. And they said, guys, saddle up. This is it. Well, they may not have said it that way, but it, it was close. All right. And they follow that star around the Fertile Crescent down to Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And when they ask Herod about he that is to be born the king of the Jews, where does Herod go? To one of those echoes, Micah 5.2. Bethlehem. And then they go down from Jerusalem, five miles south, to the city of David. What a night that had to be. Mary, and you, you wives can appreciate this, probably uh, End of the day, dishes are, are washed, put away. It's getting ready to put a two-year-old down for night. And there's a knock at the door. The Bible doesn't tell us there were three wise men. I think there were a whole host of them. And with their bodyguards, it was an entourage. Can you imagine Joseph opening the door? Who would be at our house at this time of night? And all he sees is a sea of lamps... And they say, we've come to worship the Christ child. How did they get there? The echoes of Christmas. But we want to close with another important truth about echoes. Every echo is the same. Do you know that at no point in God's announcements about the coming Messiah did the sound of the message change? And that's why Paul, under inspiration, can write to the Galatians, and he can recap God's plan, and it's the same plan that had been predicted all down through time. God sent forth his son made of a woman, not a man and a woman, made of a woman, virgin birth, made under the law to redeem them that are under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. What was Paul saying? Prophets predicted a virgin would conceive and bear a son to rescue those whose sin had been revealed by God's law. Did you realize? Have you ever realized the law never saved anybody? Never did. All the law did was reveal that we're sinners in need of a Savior. That's what the law does. And so God sent forth His Son, Jesus, without sin, lived 33 perfect years. He didn't come to annul the law. He came to fulfill it, and he fulfilled it perfectly, showing not only is he man, he's all God. And why did God do it? So that through repentance and faith, admitting that we've broken the law, we're sinners. And then faith in Jesus Christ. We might become God's children. And the whole idea of adoption speaks of children of God with the full rights, the full benefits of salvation. That's what it means. All right? It's not the definition of adoption that we use today. And so to recap, that's what was Paul was talking about to the Galatians, these echoes of Christmas. Did you ever think about the fact that the writers of some of our carols actually refer to this theme, echoes of Christmas? If you think about what you're singing, it's true. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains, and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains. Gloria in excelsis Deo. Glory to God on high. We sang joy to the world. The Lord is come. And I love that. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Repeat the sounding joy. Why? The echoes of Christmas. My challenge to you this morning would be if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, You need to listen to the echoes of Christmas. I'm not saying that you haven't heard the echoes before. In fact, you all sang along with the music this morning. You recognize the echoes. The question is, have you put your faith in the echoes of Christmas? Why did God come up with this incredible plan? Why over time was it repeated and repeated and repeated the same message. I shared Friday night that in my study for what I was going to share in in this time together, uh, it it got a little complicated from the standpoint that mathematicians, smart guys, and I'm not, all right? I'm not a mathematician. Nobody has ever accused me of that, okay? Okay. These mathematicians took the prophecies over time, the consistency of the prophecies, and they did the math of the chances of this being wrong. And over and over, these mathematicians, and they were sharing numbers so long, I had no idea what they were talking about. But they said the chances of the prophecies being wrong and Jesus not being born are nil. It had to happen. Just mathematically. And so we repeat the sounding joy. If you're trusting religion to get you to heaven, you're contradicting what Christmas is about because if religion could save you, Jesus didn't need to come. If you could be good enough, Jesus didn't need to come. Why would he humble himself and become us? Clay with divine breath in us. That's that's who we are. But he had to come because there was no other way. There's one name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so I want to offer you a gift today. You can't put a price tag on it. In fact, the Bible refers to it as an unspeakable gift. You can't even begin to describe it. But the gift is God's son. Who left heaven, became man, so that he could take on himself the penalty of our sin, the judgment of God for sin, and he died. And three days later, he conquered the effect of sin, the result of sin, death, and he walked out of his grave. And here's what the Bible says. That if we'll believe in our hearts that God hath raised him from the dead, that he died, that he has been raised from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believes and is made righteous, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. As a young man, God convicted me of my sin. After, and I had heard the Christmas story, but then I heard the rest of the story from the Bible. And I gave the Lord my heart. That was sung about by one of our soloists today. I opened my heart and I said, Lord, I'm a sinner, I deserve judgment just like you say. Would you please come into my life and be my Savior in my simple way? Lord, you promised would you save me? You know what he did? He kept his promise. He saved me. Because I'm better than anybody? Oh no. A sinner who deserved judgment, but he rescued me and he wants to rescue you too. Don't celebrate another Christmas singing the songs, giving gifts, but denying yourself the greatest gift Jesus Christ today let's bow our heads close our eyes father thank you for this wonderful audience our church family our guests thank you for how they've listened and participated today Lord I don't know the condition of each heart here I hardly know my own heart it's deceitful now Lord it needed you But Lord, you know every heart here. You know those who have trusted you by faith for salvation and those that maybe believe about you, but they're relying on some religious work, some religion. They're they're relying on their thinking or some philosophy that they've been taught. Lord, if there's anyone here who is not saved, would you convict in their heart right now, would you bring them to salvation?